blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no holds barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co host, John Spees. And in this episode, we've got us two brand new patrons, and it's their first time taking on the TTT format. Let's meet our contestants. In one corner, this man is served up on a plate. He's appetizing, delicious, delectable, delightful, and straight-up scrumptious. He's Pete, the treat, and Alina. Hey, Pete, welcome to the show, and uh, please tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Um, I've got um, a little bit of story of uh, story for you for this episode. My, I'm, my name is Pete and Alina. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Um, I know you guys know another person from Buffalo, New York, and... Um, I promised him I would name drop him on this episode. Um, I've known him since childhood, and he's one of your Hall of Famers on this on this podcast. It's oh, Eid. Eid. It's Eid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I call him. He's in my head. I still call him Canadian. That's the problem. I still yeah. think he he lives in Canada. Yeah, we don't actually. The friends of his don't actually call him Eric at all. Um, just call him I, Eid. I won't say what we do call him. Oh, something worse. But we, yeah, uh, I've known him since I was a kid, and we're on a, a local trivia team here. We've done Geek Bowl uh, three times. Fantastic. You have a lot to live up to, I will say. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be anywhere anywhere near as good as he was. Um, but anyway, moving on, uh, I own a company called Alpha Sensory that supplies technology for the blind and visually impaired. Oh wow! And I'm currently not at home. I got stuck out of town because of the blizzard that's currently in Buffalo. So uh, I was at CES in Las Vegas all week, mm-hmm. and I couldn't fly home for two days. And now I'm in Atlanta, and hopefully I'll be able to get home later tonight. You're, you're literally like a shot up the road from me, man. I'm like one hour from you right now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I could have just said, hey, come on down. <laughs> Let's hang this out. Was, this was as far as I could get um, with the yeah. storm that's going on up there. And luckily, I have a friend here I could stay with. So that's where oh, I am man. right now. <laughs> wow, that's too funny. Well, well, if you keep uh, staying a little bit longer, uh, reach out. You know, We can grab some food or meet up for a trivia night or something if you're stuck in Atlanta for a bit. Yeah, we'll do. All right. And your opponent for the day, he's a danger to the people around him. He's radioactive, explosive, corrosive, and straight up toxic. He's the Hazmat Lamia. <laughs> What's up, Hazmat? How's it going? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for the invite. Appreciate uh, being here today. Hey, tell everybody a little bit about who is Matt Lamia. Uh, yeah, I'm Matt. I am a father of three. I'm originally from Long Island, New York, but I've been in Central Florida for about 25 years now, uh, hence the lack of a New York accent anymore. Mm-hmm. I work, I'm an IT guy for a bank, uh, so no, I can't fix your device and no, I can't get you stronger Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I'm not going to reveal too much because I don't want to give away my strengths and weaknesses, mm-hmm. but I'm going to show everybody today that I pretend to be better at trivia than I really am. So <laughs> let's see how this goes. Well, <laughs> well, I was fortunate to meet you uh, down in Jacksonville uh, in 2022, yes. so that was good times as well. So I know yeah, you're, pretty, good time. you're pretty yeah. good. You're pretty good at trivia. So, yeah. All right, everybody, let's learn our rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories 
focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, now that we know our rules, I want to get to know Matt and Pete just a little bit better. And we've always done very like pop culture-y, what, you know, what's your favorite musician or other stuff like that. This time I'm going to the realm of news and politics. Who's your favorite politician of all time? Oh. How about that? That's a thinker. Maybe he's the person you thought was the most important in a certain, uh, you know, time or genre or era or country or whatever. But pick your favorite politician and... Whoever I like best is getting there. I was hoping it wasn't going to be comic books, but no, now <laughs> it is like the the second worst. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you're, you you are letting a little bit go, yeah, go right there yeah, by am, saying uh, that. Yeah, but uh, I mean, just yeah, I I don't I don't want to speak negatively about politicians, but I have a strong feeling about them. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with a pretty default answer, probably of JFK. JFK. Okay. All right. Well, um, I really don't like politics much at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you so too. I can't stand them all. I'm just going to go with the most entertaining answer I can think of. Um, and I'm going to say Jesse, the body Ventura. And cause I'm just, I, I love the Will Sasso impression that he does on his podcast. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Matt with a real answer, not to say Pete's not a real answer, but it's kind of a jokey answer. But for this one, it's not even close. It's an easy answer for me. He ain't got time to bleed, but he's got time to win this beginning. Obviously, I'm going with Jesse the Body Ventura because I hate politics as well. And JFK, <laughs> he's just a philander. You know, he just slept around and whatnot. I'm sure he did some stuff for the country, but I don't really care. I care much more about what Jesse Ventura did. So that means, Pete, you get to go first. All right. I'm going to start with toys and games, please. Okay. Let's start off in the 50s. Fisher Price released what alliterative name, Pole Toy, in 1957? It's a small turtle with a white plastic shell that wags its tail and makes a chuckle, chuckle, chuckle sound when pulled. Truly, God bless us, everyone. Ooh, um, based on the clue, because I've never heard of this toy before, um, it's, it's one of two things, and I don't think it would be right on the nose. So I'm going to say... Timmy Turtle. Timmy Turtle is incorrect. Matt, can you steal? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Pete and had never having heard of this before, but going by the clue, I'm going to say Tiny Timmy Turtle. Tiny Timmy Turtle is incorrect it's just a little it is just simply it's tiny, just tiny tim, tim. It's, it is on the nose man i'm not <laughs> i'm right not smart nose. enough <laughs> it's right on the nose it was named tiny tim oh uh, all right I thought about saying that but i'm like mm. yep all Sometimes. right no points awarded but matt you get to pick your category all right let me go with uh movies please 
And we're going all the way up to the 2000s. Which James Bond actor made an appearance in the 2007 comedy action film Hot Fuzz as antagonist Simon Skinner? It's been a while since I've seen Hot Fuzz and I've only seen it the one time. Um, James Bond actor. James Bond actor. Um, I'll say Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig is incorrect. Pete, can you steal? Yes, I think so. I have his face in my head. And uh, as long as I don't screw the name up, I believe this is Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton is correct. Good job. And he had a good run on the Doom Patrol. If you guys haven't seen Doom Patrol, fantastic show. He has a a, a supremely gruesome death in Hot Fuzz. Yes, (laughs) he does. Very funny movie. All right. Pete with the steal, and now you get to pick a category for you. Uh, let's go with music. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. Mm. Okay. Ragdoll is a song that hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1964. What doo-wop group performed this song all year round? Uh, Blue is leading me toward the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons is correct. Nice. Good job. All right, Matt, let's get you some points. What category is that going to be in? Hopefully it's in TV. Okay. And your decade is the 80s. We got a question from Chris Hasse. Thank you very much, Chris. Nell Carter played a wise and no-nonsense housekeeper for a widow and his three daughters, sorry, for a widower and his three daughters on what NBC sitcom that ran from 1981 to 1987? Not sponsored by Kit Kat. That would be Give Me a Break. All right, wonderfully done. And Pete, what would you like? We still have news and politics, fashion, slang, sports, literature, and food. Let me have food, please. Okay. Your decade is the 60s. Smuckers introduced what brand in 1968? It consists of alter- alternating vertical stripes of peanut butter and either grape or strawberry flavored jelly. Its name comes from a nickname of the peanut. Oh, man. What did they call that? Name of the peanut. I can see it in my in my head, but I, I can't think of what it would be. Um, what would you call a peanut? Um, I'm going to have to pass on this one. All right. Matt, can you steal? I hope so. Um, one of my favorite movie theater candies, um, I want to say, is it Goober? Goobers? Goober is correct. Oh, so. wow. That is the brand of peanut butter and jelly mixed in vertical stripes. And they've been around since the 60s. Yep. No idea. Yeah. All right. Matt with a steal. And what category do you want to go with? Uh, Let's go with sports now, please. Decade is the 90s. All right. Slapshot is the official mascot of what NHL team? He's a bald eagle wearing the jersey number 00, and he was officially unveiled on November 17th, 1995. If it's a bald eagle, that leads me to the Washington Capitals. 
the Washington Capitals is correct. Well done. All right, we are moving along, and we're back to Pete. Slang. Slang it is. Your decade is the 70s. Okay. What two-word phrase was coined in 1975 by a group of women at Cornell University? A former employee of the university, Car- uh, Carmita Wood, filed a claim for unemployment benefits after she re- after she resigned from her job due to unwanted touching from her supervisor. Um, two word. You say two words, right? Yes. What two, two word phrase? Unwanted touching from her supervisor. Um. That's not getting me anywhere. I'm just going to go with uh, government cheese. Government cheese is incorrect. Matt, can you steal? I'm sorry. Can you read it one more time? No problem. What two-word phrase was coined in 1975 by a group of women at Cornell University? A former employee of the university, Carmita Wood, filed a claim for unemployment benefits after she resigned from her job due to unwanted touching from her supervisor. Until the end of the question, I was going to go with workers' compensation, but because of the end of that, that's not going to fit. Um, I'll go with, and I can't think of anything... um, I'll just go with hostile environment. I don't know. Hostile environment is incorrect. So maybe this this word or this phrase is it's a stretch to call it uh, slang, um, but they really hadn't been used together until this time in 1975. It's sexual harassment. Sexual harassment. Oh. Yep. So that's what I was looking for. And actually, I know I know our my slang in particular is kind of, and I think John's has too, we've shifted a little bit from just fun slang words to sometimes it's etymology, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's more of what it comes from. Because sometimes I don't want to say the same things all the time. we got to think of new, new trivia questions. But yes, sexual harassment was what I was looking for. I'm not always looking for sexual harassment, but this time, at right now, I'm looking for some sexual harassment. And y'all did not give it to me. All right. We are back. Those are prepared. <laughs> All right, for John. I'm sorry. Who who are we at? Um, uh, whoever went second. <laughs> I know that's, uh, but I completely forgot. I think that's me. I think it was I Matt. Okay, it's Matt, me. it's your turn to pick. <laughs> uh, let's see. Seeing what's left, let's go with uh, literature. Literature coming at you from the 80s. What 1987 novel by Tom Wolfe is a drama about ambition? Racism, social class, politics, and greed in 1980s New York City and centers on three main characters, Wasp Bond Trader, Sherman McCoy, Jewish Assistant Director Attorney Larry Kramer, and British expatriate journalist Peter uh, Fallow. So that was a lot of words. Um, Gave you three characters and the different subtext of the, of the book. Yeah. Um this is 99.9% not right, but I'll just go with, uh, I'll go with Wall Street. I have no idea. Wall Street is incorrect. Pete, can you steal? Could you read it one more time, please? Yes, no problem. What 1987 novel by Tom Wolfe is a drama about ambition, racism, social class, politics, and greed in 1980s New York City and centers on three main characters, 
Wasp Bond Trader Sherman McCoy, Jewish Assistant Director, Assistant District Attorney Larry Kramer, and British expatriate journalist Peter Fallow. I do not know the answer to the question, so I'm going to pass. All right. Now, I was looking for the Bonfire of the Vanities. The Bonfire of the Vanities. Uh, I have heard of that. Yep. Yeah, I've heard of the movie, yeah. All right. Uh, Pete, would you like news and politics or fashion to end round one for you? Let's do fashion. Okay. And it is the 70s. What brand of footwear and clothing was established as a product of New York in 1972? It has been associated with athletes like Pele and Reggie Jackson, and later it was endorsed by groups like Korn, Snoop Dogg, and probably Genuine. Oh, that, that last one got me. That uh, I believe that's Pony. It is Pony. Uh, Genuine's famous song, Pony. And Pony actually stands for Product of New York. That's what the P-O-N-Y stands for. Okay. And, Matt, that means you are left with news and politics to officially end round one. All right. Interdecade is the 80s. Okay. Captain Joseph Hazelwood was accused of being drunk when what ship was run aground in Prince William Sound, Alaska, on on March 24th, 1989? I believe that was the Exxon Valdez. That was the Exxon Valdez. All right, that is the end of round one. John, where do our contestants stand? All right, well, with uh, Matt's knowledge of Alaskan naval disasters, uh, he pulls slightly ahead of Pete with 40 to Pete's 30. Yep, it's a very tight game. We're excited about that. And uh, Pete, as you got to go first in round one, that means, Matt, you're going to be picking for Pete to go first in round two. All right, let's give Pete news and politics. Okay. (laughs) And your decade is the 60s. In 1968, Bell Laboratories in New Jersey measured the smallest period of time detectable equal to one trillionth of a second. A decasecond is one-tenth of a second. A centisecond is one-hundredth. Millisecond is a one-thousandth. Microsecond is one-millionth. And nanosecond is one-billionth of a second. What unit is one-trillionth of a second? Um, I'm going to go, well, without working through all of the different metric abbreviations, I'm going to say picosecond. Picosecond is correct. Nice. Good job. All right. What category do you want to give to Matt? I will give Matt um, literature. Yeah, okay. Hopefully it's a comic book question for him. (laughs) Please. (laughs) The best kind of literature. Uh, And that one is also the 60s. Okay. What children's book was written and illustrated by P.D. Eastman and released in 1960. The story centers around a newly hatched bird who asks everyone the same question. Very Sounds very vaguely, vaguely familiar. Oh, man. Um, don't think I had this book raising my kids. Otherwise, I'd probably know it right off the top of my head. Um... Let's go with, are you my mom? Are you my mom is incorrect. 
Pete, can you steal? Uh, Are you my mother? Are you my mother is correct. Uh, You got to be kidding me. (laughs) We're barely off. Yes. Are you my mother? We had that one growing up for sure. All right. Good job, Pete, with uh, the uh, proper word there. I know, Matt, that must feel terrible. But I only uh, know that answer because of a Patton Oswalt bit. Oh, nice. <laughs> I haven't, I'll, I'll have to see that. I love John. I know the second I said, I saw, I saw John perk up because we definitely had that book. Yep. So, all right. Uh, getting a steal. And now, Matt, you have to give Pete a category. Let's give Pete fashion. Okay. It's the 60s again. Oh, wow. All right. What low-heeled style of women's fashion footwear was first introduced in the mid-1960s? Associated with celebrities like Nancy Sinatra, the repetitive name is derived from a French phrase meaning in abundance. Low-heeled alliterative phrase. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I'm going to pass. All right. Passing over to Matt. Matt, can you steal? Uh, Can you repeat it one more time, please? Can. What low-heeled style of women's fashion footwear was first introduced in the mid-1960s? Associated with celebrities like Nancy Sinatra, the repetitive name is derived from a French phrase meaning in abundance. Would be nice if I knew some French. Um... Alliterative, low-heeled shoe. I can't even come up with a bad guess. Um, I'm going to pass on it, too. I can't even come up with anything. Okay. John, I got a question. I don't know. Were you paying attention? They both thought I said the word alliterative, but I said repetitive. Yeah, I heard you. Okay, just making sure. And the French uh, phrase is a go-go, and these are go-go boots. Go-go boots. Or Nancy Sinatra it should have, yeah. Yep. I don't, I don't picture them with a low heel. I guess. I, I gotcha. Think that's, that's where the, what's yeah. the problem is. Fair, fair. Yeah, they're not like a big high stiletto or anything like that. They're kind of mm. like that low chunky, low chunky heel. Okay. All right. No points awarded in fashion. Uh, Pete, you get a pick for Matt. Let's give Matt uh, TV. Okay. I swear I'm rolling it each time. 60. It's the 60s. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> In November 1966, what network became the first to broadcast 100% of its programming in color? Something emphasized by their choice of logo. I believe that's the Peacock logo of NBC. It is NBC. And they're Peacock. WNBC. WNBC. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, their their peacock was actually first used in 1956 um, to highlight their color program, and then they, they're the first ones to go fully color. All right. Uh, and Matt, you get a pick for Pete. We still have movies, music, slang, toys and games, sports, and food. I'm going to give Pete uh, toys and games. Okay. Oh, his favorite. It's the 2000s. After the success of Tickle Me Elmo... The Red Muppet was everywhere. In 2003, Mattel released a version where you'd squeeze Elmo's right hand, and he invites you to join him in what dance? Oh, I I got two things in my head, and um, I think the correct answer is the chicken dance. 
the chicken dance is incorrect. Matt, oh, can you steal? I have something in my head that I don't think is right. I wasn't even thinking of the chicken dance. Um, and I don't know if this is even considered a dance, but it might be for a child. Is it uh, the head, shoulders, knees, and toes? Head, shoulders, knees, and toes is also incorrect. Now, this uh, another popular Elmo version. This was the Hokey Pokey Elmo. Hokey oh, Pokey Elmo. Okay. Yep. That's I should have put I in that. That's what it's all about. I know I should have done some kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's my you. bad. Thank that's you for my that. bad. I just thought everybody knows Elmo stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> some Elmo toy we're wearing, yeah. isn't there? Or am I just imagining that? The uh, the the uh, chicken dance. There probably became a lot of different Elmo toys yeah, out there with a lot of different dances. It's very possible. But this one came out in two thousand and three. I knew that. I should have put in a hint. I'll put I'll put the blame on myself on that. All right. Uh, Pete, you get a pick for Matt. Uh, slang. Slang. Your decade is the 80s. First used in 1983, what portmanteau refers to a program-length television advertisement, typically between 30 minutes to one hour long, uh, that advertises a product or service by presenting supposedly impartial data. I'm hoping that would be an infomercial. <laughs> infomercial is correct oh i guess uh, i picked softballs yeah <laughs> you can't I mean come on hokey pokey elmo everybody knows everybody knows hokey pokey elmo uh yeah. or not uh matt what do you want to pick for pete hmm um music and that decade is the 80s on January 20th, 1982, at a concert in Des Moines, Iowa, 17-year-old Mark Neal threw a dead bat on stage where what singer proceeded to pick it up and bite its head off? Oh, that's the, forgive my land, Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> that's all right. It is the Prince of Darkness, uh, Ozzy Osbourne. And that was, there you go. You got yourself an easy one right there. Yeah, we're all good now. Yeah, there's a softball right back at you. Yes, was, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, Pete, do you want to give movies, sports, or food to Matt? Um, uh, Movies. And your decade is the 90s. What 1995 Kevin Costner film is considered one of the biggest flops in movie history, costing $235 million and only bringing in a damp $88 million in the box office? Oh, <laughs> Waterworld. Water, Waterworld. <laughs> All right, now we're just trading the easy stuff. But good, you're getting my uh, easy ones off the board before the tournament starts, so that's real good. <laughs> Leaving only them. the hard ones. Okay. All right, Matt, what do you want to give to Pete? Well, I want to thank you for repeating the categories because I forgot this was left. I'll give him food. Okay. Decade is the 90s. In 1991, Betty Crocker introduced what fruit snack bursting with juicy fruit punch in the middle? So fruity, they'll turn your head. Ooh. Turn your head. Um, could you repeat that, please? In 1991, Betty Crocker introduced what fruit snack bursting with juicy fruit punch in the middle? So fruity, they'll really turn your head. 
I didn't think this was Betty Crocker, but I'm going to have to go with Gushers. Gushers is correct. So That was Betty Crocker? That was Betty Crocker Company. Um, and wow. the uh, So Fruity They'll Really Turn Your Head was actually from their commercials back in the 90s. That's what they, they had their kid would eat it and then their head would turn into whatever the fruit was. So that's where that it's not that was a hint right. towards the commercial. But yep, that was uh gushers. So all right, and that is gonna leave us with sports for Matt. And in a decade will be the two thousands. The San Diego Chargers selected what Ole Miss quarterback first overall in the two thousand and four NFL draft. But since the player refused to play for them, they traded him to New York for Phillip Rivers in a third round and two for a third round pick and two 2005 picks. Unfortunately, my favorite football team, that would be the New York football giants. Oh no, wait, you want the player. I'm sorry. Wait, what did you want? <laughs> the San Diego chargers selected what Ole Miss okay. quarterback? Sorry, Eli Manning. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am a benevolent uh, trivia God. So yes, yeah. I am going to give you. Yeah. I knew the Manning. answer. And I, I knew the answer and I stopped <laughs> listening and then I got confused. Yes. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. About All that. right. We'll, that we'll, is we'll the, edit it in post. Yeah. <laughs> that is the end of round two. John, where are we at? All right. We got a very tight game here. Matt has 80 and Pete has 70. Yeah, absolutely close one. This could go either way. Very excited to see how it goes. Matt, as you are currently in the lead, you get to pick the first category that goes into the final round. Let's see. Um, let me go. Uh, I'm two for two, so let me go with sports again. Okay. The decade will be the 60s. And Pete. Let me go with... Toys and games. Toys and games, okay. And the decade will be the 70s. All right. We need the two of you to write down your wagers based on 60s sports and 70s toys and games. All right, I'm locked in. Okay. I'm good. All right, we are going to start off in our 60s sports in 1967, the National Hockey League expanded by adding six new franchises, doubling the size of the league to 12 teams. I need you to name two of the six teams from that expansion. And our 70s toys and games question. What business simulation video game was created by Minnesota Computing Consortium in 1973? In this sweet game, the player goes through several rounds of running a children's drink station. While our contestants are thinking about their answers, I am going to remind everybody out there, if you guys have not filled in a bracket uh, before the tournament pick'em bracket, uh, you should absolutely go ahead and do it. It's completely free. You will probably need to check out our uh, Patreon or our Facebook to get that information for the link to sign up to do the bracket. But if you have the best pick them, meaning you can pick who is going to win the tournament better than anyone else, then you will get automatically picked into our round of 16 uh, for 2025. So make sure you uh, sign up and join our pick them tournament. All right. Uh, do either of you need a question reread? Um, the Torton games, please. Toy yeah, I was going to ask for that too. Yeah, sure. 
what business simulation video game was created by the Minnesota Computing Consortium in 1973. In this sweet game, the player goes through several rounds of running a children's drink station. I got my answers. Yeah, same. All right. Uh, Pete, as you were behind, what were your answers to the 60s sports and the 70s toys and games questions? Well, um, if I don't get the sports one correct, Eric E. is going to be very upset with me. Sure. I don't know sports the way he does, obviously. The teams that I think were around in that time period, but not 100% sure. I went with the Boston Bruins and Chicago Blackhawks. All right. And Matt. Oh, no, sorry. And your 70s toys and games question. Sorry. 70s toys and games. um, It sounded like the answer should have been lemonade stand. So that's what I said. Okay. And Matt, what were your two answers? Uh, For the sports, um, 100% sure on one, not 100% sure on the other. I said the St. Louis Blues and the Philadelphia Flyers. And for the video game, I mean, all the all the description led me to lemonade stand also. Okay. And your correct answers. I'm going to start with our seventies toys and games question, which is lemonade stand. Good job to both of you on that. And in 1967, the expansion of the NHL included teams like the Los Angeles Kings, the Minnesota North stars, the Oakland seals, the Pittsburgh penguins, the Philadelphia Flyers and the St. Louis Blues. Unfortunately, Pete, you picked the Boston Bruins and the Chicago Blackhawks, who are part of the original six. They've been around the oh, entire really? time. Oh. So, unfortunately, that means Pete is not making his wager. Matt is making his wager. The drama is out of this episode, but we do want to know the final scores. So, Pete, what was your uh, final wager? Uh, I bet the house I went. Fair. All right. And Matt. Uh, since I didn't have a chance to join the illustrious 200 club, um, I just went for the lockout and uh, did 61. Okay. All right, John, mathematize us up and let us know who won. All right, with a final score of 141 to 0, Matt is the winner today. Yes. Woo. Very well done. Unfortunately for Pete, the ire of Eric Ede will be coming your way for not getting any <laughs> either of the. Uh, no Yep, he's coming for you. Uh, All right, we really appreciate it. Matt, as you were uh, the winner, you will finish off our final statements. But, Pete, thank you so much for joining for the episode. We're excited to have you as part of the play-in rounds that we haven't recorded yet. By the time this comes out, they'll already be out. But anyway, um, Pete, now is the time to uh, say anything you want. Um, I don't really have anything philosophical to say. I'm just going to say go Bills. Go Bill. Uh, yes, yep, it is playoff time. Uh so good luck to uh to the Buffalo Bills, fair enough. All right, and Matt, uh anything you'd like to say? Um just want to thank you guys for the invite today. Had a great time. Great uh, game Pete. Um uh looking forward to the tournament and uh yeah, just uh the only philosophical thing that I have to say, um you know, just be nice to each other, you know. Don't be an idiot. You don't know what anybody else is going through. So just try to be a good person and be the better person if uh, if the chance arises. So that's what I got. All right. Very well said. And we appreciate each and every one of you guys out there who is listening, as well, of course, as our patrons like 
Matt and Pete, thank you guys so much. So, for Matt, for Pete, for John, I'm Adam. This was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast, or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. 